What You Missed on Weekend Mornings with Jason Dacey. I'm so excited that Simply Red is coming. All right, sorry. This is Money FM 89.3 year with Jason Desmond. Coming for Jason Dacey together with Neil Humphreys in the studio. But back to Simply Red. Love him. He's... There's a reason why he's simply red because number one, he's a Man United fan. Yes, hardcore. But what's he doing these days? Well, there's three reasons they're simply red. Actually, but simply red, by the way, I have to say quickly, are huge in Singapore. Right, been a radio staple since the early nineties, right? and yeah. for good reason. It's yeah. good music, man. I saw uh, Simply Red at Wembley uh, in London. I think in at their peak, ninety one, ninety two, and it was glorious mm. because that album you mentioned, you played their stars. Uh, the album was called Stars, I think. Yeah. And it had so many hits on it, like Something Got Me Started, Stars, For Your You're Babies. Right, yeah. And the one before that uh, was, I think, A New Flame, and there was uh, Holding Back the Years, of course, was the big hit. Yeah. Um, so a massive, massive band. In fact, the interesting story was simply read, Holding Back the Years, they were still living in a council flat, an unknown Manchester no. band. But Holding Back the Years started to get radio play in yeah. the US, and it went to number one in the US. Yeah. So they went from nobodies to global superstars after one song song. It was like One Direction, but the difference was they were good. <laughs> yeah. They actually wrote their own songs. But they were living in a project for crying yeah, out yeah, loud. Yeah. In Manchester. They're a Manchester band. And the Simply Red is three reasons. One, it's red hair. Right? Yeah. Two, it's Manchester United. Yeah. And three, he's a he thinks he thinks he's a big socialist. So the the, oh, the, really? the the red socialism, which is fine. You know, he was a big left wing Labour supporter and right. But when he became a multi millionaire, drinking champagne and falling out of bars out of four o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and then telling everyone he was a working class hero, <laughs> no, it, no, it was a not. bit. Of, hang on a minute. How many supermodels have you slept with this week? <laughs> how much Bollinger have you drunk this week? Um, so simply read, phenomenal. And I interviewed him. Uh, when was this? Uh, about five or six years ago. Right, right. He brought out this fantastic album, by the way, and mm. I'd recommend all Money FM listeners to listen to it, download it. It right. was called Simplified, right? Of course. So, of course, right? So it was all Simply Red's big hits, Simplified, done acoustically. Uh-huh. So it was kind of like an unplugged thing. So if you imagine all those Simply Red classics, holding back your year, uh, the years, stars, yep. something got me started, mm. a new flame, but just him, an acoustic guitar, it sounds as good as you think it's good. It wow. is sublime. A lot of the more lower dynamic types Yeah, it's because that voice. And mm. I asked him on, on air, I asked him uh, on interview, sorry, that voice, man. I mean, he's often, when he was young, he was often confused for a black guy because he sounds like a deep gospel, yeah, a soul soulful voice, yeah. right? And he said he grew up with all the Motown, right. you know, the the and, uh, Northern Soul, so lots of Otis Redding and, yeah. and Marvin Gaye and all those great, great singers. How, the way he writes his music, it's very soulful. It's very soulful, very mm. black American music. And I said, you know, what's your warm-up? I mean, you hear these these singers, you know, they gargle this and they do that. And they yeah. go, he says, I just go, oh, <laughs> and, I, and I sing. And I thought, I wish I could do that, but just a gift, a yeah. gift from the gods, right? I mean, he was born with it. He literally does nothing. Yeah. Goes on stage, glass of water, done. Does he still have the long hair? Uh, he? No, he's Maybe? cut it short. Uh, he went through a bit of a bad time in the press in the UK. I think it's kind of plateaued now and evened off because he was the man. Mm. I mean, in the late 80s, 90s, he had that long, curly, red hair. There was not a woman yeah. he couldn't sleep with, you know, for a period. And then he was saying for a while that he, he stupidly did an interview and he did the classic rock star interview. Yeah. I have slept with a thousand women, right? right. right? Or something like the that. The Gene Simmons thing. Yeah, thing, and then right? they did the calculations <laughs> right, someone right. does. Now, let's just think of this for a second, yeah. J.D., right? You're a journalist, I'm a journalist. You interview Mick Hucknall yeah. and then your editor says to you, 
Get your calculator out. Right. And you're thinking, I always think of that. So some journalist who probably went to university yeah. has to sit down with a calculator <laughs> and calculate how many me- women did Mick Hucknall sleep with per day. Yeah. And they worked out it would have been something like seven or eight women, which is <laughs> ridiculous, right? If it's like one a day. I don't want to go there, but unless it's like <laughs> all at once, you yeah. know. Um, so, yeah, he, they calculated it was something like six or seven women a day. And he became a bit of a laughing stock for a while because he's st- you know what it's like. You, you become one minute you're young hipster Harry Styles yeah, yeah. and the next minute you're Keith Richard <laughs> and it's that journey between yeah. right if you're doing it when you're Harry Styles it's okay yeah. if you're doing it when you're Keith Richard it's yeah. but the difference with Keith Richards he's always looked old yes he's always looked like a exactly, skeleton exactly right? but I'm not being disrespectful to Mick Hucknall yeah. but the, let's just say the hedonistic lifestyle yeah. didn't necessarily do him any favours I mean look at his picture we're looking at his picture of Mick Hucknall this is that's that, that's Peak Mick Hucknall, right? Simply Long hair, mirror. handsome, yeah. you know. And now he, he looks like, he. oh my, he looks like the emperor from, <laughs> from Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, yeah. He filled out, he, should say. he filled out substantially, which is okay. I mean, we, we, we're not ageist or anything. We no. all get old. But if you fill out and you get old and you're, you're not looking too good, but you're still chasing the supermodels, yeah. you tend to look a bit arpec. 30-year-old man right, territory. Right. And so he went to a bit of a... Ugh, you no, that's be, just a bad picture, though. You should be chasing the women, yeah. the young women. So he got a bit of an RPEC reputation <laughs> as a 30-year-old uncle. Okay, that was a bad picture we just saw just now. This is him, apparently. This is one of his more recent yeah. stuff. And but, but he settled down. He got married. He's, oh, he's, he did? Yeah, he got married. He had children. Oh, nice. And now he's touring again. And he's kind of got that... You know what it is? It's that Phil Collins thing. Oh, you know right. where you become too big and too powerful and yeah. too successful that you get that we must knock them off their pedestal. Yeah, yeah. Phil Collins was omnipresent in the yeah. 80s. He was everywhere. Yeah. He, he had number ones in America, UK, Asia, Singapore. And then he did a whole Disney everywhere. thing. Everywhere. Yeah, they did his thing. And then it was like, it become, uh, it's like the movie Titanic. It becomes <laughs> unfashionable. I'm going everywhere. <laughs> it becomes unfashionable to say you ever saw it. And it becomes unfashionable to say you ever liked Phil Collins. Yeah. Well, you must have done because he sold billions of records. Yeah, yeah. And you must have seen Titanic because yeah. the whole planet saw it. Yeah. Right? But then you say, oh, no, 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 I didn't see Titanic. I didn't like Phil Collins. I didn't like Mick Hucknall. I'll tell you who's going through that now. Bono, you too. They've also got that, right? Yeah, right? yeah. 80s, 90s, Joshua Tree, everything. Yeah. Everybody loved the yeah. U2. But now Bono's become a bit like, uh, a bit too preachy. He's like, I didn't like Bono. I don't like U2. Yeah, yeah. Well, somebody did because they were the biggest band on yeah, the planet. But give them like another 10 years, hopefully, if they're still around. And he comes and back again. Yeah, then you're going to be super hot. It's cyclical. Yeah. It's cyclical. It's the same with the boy bands, right? I'll tell you what's going to happen with One Direction. They'll go through their hedonistic period. They'll yeah. all hate each other. They'll yeah. have their solo projects. 10 years, their audience gets married, has children, yeah. gets babysitters. Oh, I want to recapture my youth. Yeah. What do they do? They go see the boy band of their youth. Yeah. They go see One Direction when they reform. Yeah. Happen with Sync. Happen with Backstreet Boys. Happen with New Kids on the Block. New Kids on the Block. They're happen back. With, happen with Take That. 98 Every, Degrees. Happen with Bay City Rollers. Yeah. If you go back far enough, <laughs> there is a cycle. Boy band success, teenagers, yeah. disband, become pop stars, doesn't work out. Their fan base is embarrassed by them. Yeah. What we said, right? Cyclical. Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't like One Direction. I'm like early 20s now. I like Bob Dylan. Yeah, I like yeah. this cool stuff. Yeah. I like Bob Marley, right? Then they get married, have kids, get a little bit bored. Yeah. I want to recapture my youth. Yeah. Let's go see NSYNC. Let's go see Backstreet Boys yeah. because they've all reformed because they're all in their 30s and they need the money. Yeah. So well, what happens? But it's actually happening right now. Of so course. I, I heard 98 Degrees is going to be touring with the yep. Backstreet Boys 
together with New Kids on the Block. And I'm like, no way. To the point where A1 in the UK, they're like, maybe we should get in on the action as well. Yep. And you know who else? Westlife. Come back together. Yeah. Boyzone. Boyzone. They got back together. Laser, yeah. Boyzone were like the poor man's take that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right? yeah. So they all come back and they always hit the Asian circuit yeah. because we love nostalgia in yeah. this part of the world. True. So all those bands, you know, the Michael Learns to Rock, uh, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Liam Gallagher oh, is, yeah. is playing Singapore Formula One this year. Yeah, yeah. So that's the Oasis 90s yeah. vibe coming but back. But you know what? I'm really looking forward to seeing Simply Red though because oh. I love this guy's music. And you know the interesting thing? His voice is still there. Yeah. If you look at Liam Gallagher, he sometimes sounds like he's singing in a wind tunnel right now. He's Liam. He's Liam. The so way he sings, he's like yeah. bending over. So you like, never watched him for his voice. Yeah. Right? Let's be honest, yeah. right? But to be in your 50s, as he is now, Mick yeah. Hucknall, and still got that voice, I'd watch Simply Red. I, I think Simply Red would be fantastic to watch. In, and they're it. coming, right? They're yeah, coming. they're coming for the Singapore Grand Prix. So yeah. with, just, Liam <laughs> with Liam Gallagher. Let's just go. That's going to be great. Oh, oh be man, we have completely gone off topic. Okay, coming up, we're going to be going to a place where it's a mental image kind of thing that you're going to put us through. Where are we going to? It's the- like the Simply Red album. It's, <laughs> no, listen, it's simplified. That's oh. the perfect way to describe what I'm going to tell you about. It's a simplified place representing simpler times. Okay, so it's all simplified Next on Money FM 89.3. Only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Stay ahead here with Jason Desmond, covering for Jason Daisy, who's away on assignment over in uh, India, covering the World Cup over there. By the way, all the chats that we've had today can actually uh, check out the podcast on moneyfm893.sg. And right now we're with uh, Neil Humphreys. We've been trying to get into beautiful places for a while now. Distracted by rock legends. Hey, what a segue. We're going to the rock island. I just thought of that. It's called Granite Island. That's what Pulau Ubin means in Malay. Granite Island. Ubin, it's granite? I never knew that. It's Granite Island. So we've still got the rock thing going. (laughs) What happened was I went there and I met Paul McCartney. No, no, no. no. And Robert (laughs) Platt wearing a Wolves shirt. That's it. Robert Platt was in a Wolves shirt. Paul McCartney was in a Liverpool shirt. You know, Liam Gallagher was in a Man City (laughs) shirt. And we had a -a five-a-side game at the... Uh, at the village. So Pula Ubin. Pula Ubin, yes. yes. Pula Ubin. It's what, it is arguably my favourite place in Singapore because it's a step back in time. It is literally that that sampan bum boat that you yeah, take yeah, across, you, take, you yeah. pay the three bucks, you go across, yeah, yeah. it might as well be a DeLorean. <laughs> right. Okay? Fire up the flux capacitor, 88 miles an hour, yeah. you step back into the 1960s. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Where right. we're going, we don't need Wi-Fi. <laughs> right, exactly. Really, it's true. It's it's the only place left that shows Singapore how it used to be. Yeah. We, have so- one, we have one... Kampong on the island that I talked about before, the main mainland, yeah, which yeah, is Bangkok. Yeah. But this is a whole island. It's a kampong. It's there's still a few families there. A couple of hundred people still live there. Used to be thousands, of course. Yeah, they still live in their original kampong, uh, kampongs. You know, so they're wooden houses. It's a very simple, rustic lifestyle. You've got chickens free roaming. You've yeah. got wild boars. But it's not only that. It's not only a simplistic lifestyle. It's the wildlife. I mean, the glorious wildlife. Hornbills. Let's just take hornbills, the oriental pied hornbill. Now, for a few years... Hornbill, hornbill? That's it. For many years, they were extinct in Singapore. Yeah. Gone completely. From from the mainland, from the islands, only in Malaysia, parts of Indonesia, could you find a hornbill. And even then, they were in, like, uh, Very, very rare. I guarantee to the listeners, if you went to Pula Ubin, you will see them. Wow. Any given time, you will see them. And it's tremendous credit credit to the National Parks Board and the people of Pula Ubin who have organised these conservation projects because... 
or hornbills, to give one example, they like to nest in the cavities of trees, right? Yeah. But the tr- the, the, there's very few trees in Pulaubin left that are big enough to have the cavities that are big enough right. for them to have their nests in. So what N Parks did, this, in, uh, this environmental project, they built these little wooden nests, uh, these wooden boxes. Right, for that, them to nest. Yeah, that kind of replicate the nests. Right. And the hornbills love it, man. I mean, they breed over there like rabbits. Right. So these and hornbills are real lovebirds. You always see them in pairs, you know. Yeah. So that the, it's been such a success this rehabilitation project for the hornbill, and it's so wonderful. You go across the Pulaubin, and as soon as you ri- arrive, you get off the uh, the bum boat, you walk across the jetty, the ferry terminal, and I guarantee you'll see them. You'll see hornbills flying around. These enormous, huge, uh, huge birds, native to Southeast Asia, yeah. very rare. Certainly, uh, they weren't endangered. They were extinct in yeah. Singapore at one time. You'll see them there. So you'll see the hornbills. You'll see the wild boars. You'll see you'll see uh, monitor lizards. You'll see snakes. You'll see loads of long-tailed macaque monkeys. It's like a free safari, right, man. Right. It's like it's like going to a zoo in the wild. And it's mosquitoes. Like, I remember mosquitoes. <laughs> yes. Well, spray spray yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spray yourself. You get over there. As soon as you get off, you'll have the aunties and uncles running their bicycle yeah, shops. Yeah, bicycle rentals. Right, yeah. Rent them. Negotiate. Barter is part of the fun. Yeah. Uh, they've got good seafood there. They've got good restaurants there. Mm. Um, so there's plenty of things to do. Then you can get over to Czech Jawa. Czech Jawa is an amazing place because it's an endangered place, but it's being protected by the government, which is really good. That's what we want to what hear. What do you mean it's endangered? Czech Jawa was a place that was earmarked for development. Right. So it's endangered in that sense. Right. But then it's a, it's a really great Singapore story where a number of nature volunteers went over there, did an expedition, and discovered that it's one of the only places in the world where it's got so many ecosystems in one place. What I mean by that is it's got, within walking distance, it has a sandy beach, a rocky beach, a seagrass lagoon, coral rubble, mangroves, and a coastal forest within walking distance. So people come from all over the world. Right. Now, I'm not a seagrass expert, you'll be surprised to learn, <laughs> really? JD. But it's something like... There's like, I don't know, there's a 15, 16, whatever it is, but there's a, few, there's a dozen or so seagrasses around the world, right. and Czech Jarawa at Pulaubin has half of them. So people come from all over the world just to study this lagoon. So remember that again. Sandy beach, rocky beach, seagrass lagoon, coral rubble, mangroves, and a coastal forest in one place. Yeah. Walking distance. And they built this seven-story tower just nearby. And you've got this uh, walkway uh, that they've built. So fair play to the government because a few years ago, this place was earmarked for redevelopment. Right. And this was a wonderful ground-up people's initiative right. where volunteers went down. They, uh, they looked at the place. They monitored the place. They, uh, uh, you know, graphed the place, mapped out the place, and the government gave it a respite. Not only did they give it a respite, they built this wonderful eco-friendly boardwalk that you can use. They've got a seven-story tower there. You can see one of the most beautiful, wonderful green places that Southeast Asia has to offer, and you can see it for the price of three bucks. Right. The price of the bumbo. And it's great to hear that, number one... About the hornbills, like yeah. Ken Parks actually kind of did a whole HDB thing for hornbills. Yeah, in a way, right? They built HDB flats for hornbills, <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. right? A lot and, cheaper though. <laughs> <laughs> and now this, yeah. and the fact that it was almost going to be um, developed, yeah. and they didn't, because you hear so much stuff about Pulau Ubin. At one point, they, they said like, "Hey, you know what? We're going to do a project where there's no sometimes it's just a, like it's a it's a an MRT right away." That's right. And I'm like, terrible. I don't know whether that's a good idea. This. 
is brilliant. And it also shows you the power of nature to fight its way back. Yeah. Because they've stopped taking the granite now. So you've got these deep granite empty, what were once deep empty granite quarries. Right. Well, what happens? They fill with water. Yeah. So they become this freshwater haven right, for right. wildlife. So you've got herons there, egg eagles, otters. Right. So nature has gone back. Man right. has left it alone, and nature has gone back. So go to Pullovin, you will see this wonderful wild safari. Wait, so Pullovin has its own little family of otters right now. Yeah, of, it does. Right yeah. over near and at the Kalong Basin, I, I used to see like there was one family. That's then right. If you, if you that would have been the, the Bishan Bandai, family, I think. Right. Yeah. So there's like yeah. just multiple ones. Yeah. I, I cannot wait to. They've go got there. their own family of otters there. They've got their own family of hornbills there, yeah. who are going at it like rabbits <laughs> at the moment in their HDB flats. <laughs> Very cheap, subsidized, government subsidized right. HDB flats. So. It's there for the price of a bum boat and get yourself a bicycle for six seven dollars maybe and then maybe after if you've got a few bucks left they need your money so go yeah. to their go to their convenience stores there go to the yeah. the, the seafood place buy some muck I mean, some some like there was one house where they actually did some farming like just i don't know whether it's just for their own there are uh, some small fish farms i think right, on the right. island over the back yeah. yeah no the people live and work the land yeah. there, you know? And they want your business. Yeah. So get over there and give them a few dollars. Pull out Ubin, man. It, it, I'll tell you what it is. It's a nice break between all that World Cup madness. Right, yeah. You know, you're out watching the TV for six, seven, eight hours a yeah. night. Next day, bicycle ride at Pulau Ubin. You might bump into me. You yeah. know what's going to happen though, right? You're like, I'm going to get away from the World Cup. Like, I'm going to go pull out Ubin. You head over there, all the convenience stores. Hey, you want to watch the World Cup? <laughs> no, you know World what I get? There. Because they know me, right? And they recognize me. Go, hey, hang more. This weekend, how are huh? Can they win or not? Uh? <laughs> right, Iceland, right. can I take Iceland? Or can I... And then before you know it, I'm giving betting tips and prediction <laughs> tips. And I've already gone to pull out Ubin for a bike ride. Right. It follows me everywhere. Even the World Cup will follow me to pull out Ubin. I guarantee. Neil Humphries, man. <laughs> no, so for, for those who don't know how to get to the jetty to actually get onto the bumbo to actually go to pull out Ubin, how do they how Okay, do they get you can get a bus. I think from Tanamira MRT there's a direct bus there if you've got a bit more money you can get a taxi there and you go to Changi Village right. go to Changi Village there and it's a great place to eat anywhere from Changi Village get your bum boat once the guy's got 12 to 15 passengers which doesn't take long three bucks straight to Pulau Ubin so Changi Village is the place to be man interesting so that's um, beautiful places finally <laughs> getting to that but we have more don't go anywhere right here on Money FM 89.3 and also don't forget check out Pulau Ubin